Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Virtual style, social distance style, online style, whatever style. I'm just so happy to be with you guys today, and I'm so glad we can still connect on this beautiful May day. Um, I have a mother's quote for you today. It's from one of my favorite humorous writers. Her name was Irma Bombeck, and it does date me a bit, but here's the quote. When your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It is a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no, you're going to get it anyway. So that's true. Love my mom. And uh, I do it to my kids too, so it's fair. I want to give a shout out to single moms, especially during this COVID season and all us COVID moms. We've had this once-in-a-lifetime history of COVID and mothering doing, during that, doing school during that. Just shout out to you props, kudos. I hope that God just downloads favor on you in so many ways, especially you single moms rocking it, single and COVID. Come on, girls, you're, you're the best. Mother's Day is such a vulnerable day. There's so many sweet, sappy things and happy moments to remember that bring happy tears, sad things finding to pop into our memories and our minds that maybe past pains or mistakes or losses. I just want you to know that God is here for you. He's here today on Mother's Day. He knows, he feels, he's present for what you need. Just, just allow God to love on you today. You have infinite value and are so important to God. You're so loved by him. And I am just honored to share with you today and hopefully love on all of us today. I have not arrived as a mother and I have so much more to learn. However, I hope we can learn together today as well. We're gonna look into God's word. We're gonna look at what his heart is um, for mothers, his heart in mothers and for mothers. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Mother's Day 2020, God, just help us have your vision, help us understand your heart. We love you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk today about the unshakable heart of a mother. We're in an unshakable series, um, so hopefully we'll unpack what that is today. I love being a mother, I was, but I was a mother way before I had physical kids, I believe that God gave us women two callings as women, to be a helper completer and to be a mother. Let me clarify what I mean by being called to be a mother. I mean having a mother's heart. There's some, some who didn't, maybe didn't have a good example of what a mother was. Maybe you had a mother with something broken inside. Or maybe she wasn't there for you. But then God sent or he chose a woman to come and mother you. Maybe it's just happening now. It could have been a grandmother, maybe a neighbor, maybe an adoptive mom, a foster mom, a teacher, a coach. But God sent someone to, with a mother's heart to teach you about the heart of a mother. Male or female, we have to learn what a mother's heart is. God created Eve and in Genesis 3.20, he called her the mother of all living before she had physical children. Before there were any human children, I'm not sure there were even baby rabbits yet. I had to explain that to my husband. Rabbits, you know, they, they rapidly reproduce. Okay, 
I know some of you got that for the other ones that were like Jamie. There you go. All right. So uh, let's just talk about some mothers that we know about that didn't have physical children. Mother Teresa. She was a missionary to India and had children, thousands. They were her children and she, and she loved from her mother's heart. Amy Carmichael was another single woman missionary to China, but she mothered the Chinese. There was a lady in my life named Mary Zook that I knew that was a great mother. She was the dean of women where Jamie went to college. Um, she's still not a mother in the physical realm, but her spiritual realm of mothering, they're countless. She's still mothering people today. And there's little gifts of, and pieces of motherhood along the way that we've all had. Um, I know my aunt gave me pieces of mothering that I related to, some pastor's wives in my life. They all showed me different aspects of mothering. And I tried to, I kind of collected those, like, what's, what's me? Who am I? What, what's God put in my heart? Um, there's a nurturing part in every woman that reflects God's heart. And that brings us to our first point. The unshakable heart of a mother, unshakable mothers have the heart of God. So I'd like to look at some aspects or attributes of God's heart. I find that these attributes are most commonly and more distinctly found in women. These attributes come alive and they shine so much more when we ask Jesus to come in our heart and rule it. Now, there's always anomalies but I do find that these aspects are mostly found in women, and God put them distinctly in women. So let's go back a second. God created Adam and Eve in his image. Adam and Eve, they shared a reflection of God's image. So we are a physical expression of God's heart and attributes. God, now he didn't spell out exactly who got what parts of his spiritual self, but a very special part of God was put into Eve. So let me establish again that God gave each of them, male and female, infinite value. They're both incredibly loved by God, male and female, and both are called to be God's children, and both share different attributes and gifts from their Father God. Our Creator took such care to knit and weave Himself into who we are. And as God created and designed, he wove these distinctive parts. Parts of us look like God. So the mother heart of God's nature, I think it's quickly apparent as we examine these aspects. I mean, God created women with a womb. So he created us in his image. How did he do that? I mean, there's a part of, part, excuse me, there's a part of God that births things. The birthing process is God's idea. He's given birth to the universe, birth to our planet, and birth to us. Most importantly, he's given us rebirth, which is the salvation experience, a fresh start. So creation, I looked it up, creation is the act of making, inventing, and producing. Things can be created in the mind, creation also happens in the womb. And in Christ, we're new creations. In Matthew 23, 37, it says, How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. How could God reference himself as a protective mother 
unless he'd pour some of his compassionate nature into a mother's heart. And who better than the designer of mothers can explain this nurturing side of himself that's found in Isaiah 49:15? Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? God was speaking of himself and his heart toward Israel. One of the names of God in the Old Testament is El Shaddai, which is the all-sufficient one. And some uh, interpretations of that is the many-breasted one. And that connotates that he had everything for what you need. He never runs out, but it was a supply and provision and in, a, in a feminine sense. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. The Apostle Paul compares his godly nature to a mother's in 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And he goes on in that verse, uh, or I think it's a different translation, talks about labor and travail, like the birthing process. So let me clarify. I was sharing this, I'm sorry, this hair keeps going in my eye. I was sharing this with my daughter. Um, I was so excited to try to teach her how we're like God. And she said, Mom, Mom, that's just weird. I, I, I can't track. God is our Father. So how could he have female? And so I, that's, she had a good point. So I just want to clarify, our Father in heaven is solidly our Father. And Jesus is God's son. It's, however, God's, he's not limited by male or female. He made us, male and female, in his image. And that is the point I'm trying to get across today, that the maternal side of his nature, it guarantees attendance at every bird's funeral. He keeps track of 7.2 billion heads of hair, tallies innumerable thoughts about us that exceed the grains of sand. He stills our storms, heals our diseases, binds our broken hearts, forgives over and over. He loves us in spite of our shortcomings. Sound like a mom, anyone? I mean, what dude stores all our tears in a bottle? For real. Maybe in romantic movies, but I've known many great men, leaders, pastors, fathers, husbands, none of them would do this. I, I have this jar of sand. So this little jar is from a wedding last summer. They gave us all a little jar with our name on it. And this sand is from our beach trip last summer. We, went, we, we had a special vacation and my daughter and I both saved some of the sand to, memory, to memorize, and to, not to memorize, to remember at least once a month. Jamie asked me one of these questions. What's this sand for? Now, now, where did it come from? Why are we keeping this again? Yeah, I'm just saying. All right, it's my sand. So, an unshakable mother has the heart of God. An unshakable mother is to have a heart of courage. It's the courage of heaven to be a mom. Do we shake? Yes, we shake as mothers. The unshakable heart of a mother has roots that go down deep and they wrap around Christ, the solid rock. He doesn't shake. That's where 
the courage comes from to do one of the hardest jobs in the world and one of the best jobs in the world. It's the courage and the challenge to impart vision, values, and character into another person and to be led by God in doing that. It's the courage to do the hardest things. Some of the hard things moms do, moms have mortgaged houses to fund adoptions. They put babies up for adoption because they felt that was what, the way to love and what was best for their baby. Fostered when they knew they could experience great loss. Work when they wanted to stay home. Stay home when they wanted to go to work. Keep your mouth shut when you want to advise adult children. And big or little, let them fall and get back up on their own. Be there when they might reject you. The courage to experience loss and loving enough to let them go, those things take courage. Uh, by the way, the term working mother, it's redundant. Just, you're welcome. And th that was another Irma Bombeck quote. In fact, I'm just going to tell you now, I won't have to say her name every time. Anything funny in here was probably from her. Anyway, let's go back to courage. Courage to do the hardest things, courage to do the ridiculous and the things out of your comfort zone. Like, here's a, for instance, I like to do big deals for birthdays and events. I like theme parties. I like to push the budget with all the extras that I can possibly squeeze in there. But I don't like to dress up. So we have three kids and we've been through all the birthdays. I've been a pirate. I've been a sailor. Um, I didn't have to be a princess because I got away with being the princess's mom. I did have to dress up for St. Patrick's Day at Anna's kindergarten and have to host the St. Patrick's Day party. So I had this shirt that had like green caution tape, do not pinch, do not pinch, do not pinch all around the shirt like it was wrapped. And I had a big old hat with green and white um, stripes alternating like a big top hat. I don't have any pictures, no. Uh, but, you know, and then moms have to become experts. They have the courage to, be, to go out on a limb, and if, even if it feels ridiculous, to learn um, to be an expert in the sport, in the diagnosis. Um, maybe they were an athlete that had to learn band, a mom that was a, a band nerd that had to learn athletics. We've just had to do all kinds of things, and it takes courage to step up and do that. And all of this courage... One of the biggest things I admire about women is their courage to keep learning, just ever learning. I mean, when you think about these things you step out in and these hard decisions, they know, women, we, we know that we're going to face opinions, judgments, comparisons of how it should have been done. I mean, women are amazing. So in spite of knowing that they will receive many times unsolicited, this criticism, they still network, they collaborate, and they continue to learn. They're pressing on to the next season, ever learning. And it's in hopes of having help <laughs> to navigate the next season, and, and even the one we're in. So it's, it's that courage to believe and to watch other mothers do amazing things. I mean, mothers do amazing things at each stage. And we even ask that of each other. How do you do that? How do you do all of that? We just can be amazed at each other. And currently in my season of teens, I, 
I find mother motherhood to be a little bit like the game of risk, like this move or statement. I'll save the day and populate the continent. It's awesome. But this move or statement, it's emotional slaughter and I'll lose, I'll lose the game. It's just real. And I'm trying very hard to understand the generation. I feel like the powers that be have adjusted the timetable for childbearing so that menopause and teaching a 16-year-old how to drive occur at the same time. I think that's so you can't tell the difference between a hot flash and an anxiety attack. It works out, I'm just saying. Yes, that was Irma Bombeck. Okay, so speaking of the next season, that's the courage for the unknown. That's the courage for the undiscovered. I've heard that the next season, for me, adult children is even harder on the psyche than teenagers. Guilt, it's the gift that keeps giving. So since this is a Mother's Day uh, message and I'm talking to women, I get to put a lot of poems in my sermon. So this is the poem part, mostly for women, okay. Mothers are not the nameless, faceless stereotypes who appear once a year on a greeting card with their virtues set to prose, but women who have been dealt a hand for life and play each card one at a time the best way they know how. No mother is all good or all bad, all laughing or all serious, all loving or all angry. Ambivalence rushes through her veins. It's the courage to love even when they're unloving. A mother is a selfless human, a selfless loving human who must sacrifice many of their wants and needs for the wants and needs of their children. A mother works hard to make sure their child is equipped with the knowledge, skills, and ability to make it as a competent human being. I just thought, man, sometimes there's days like that. Like if they come out competent, success. Um, we do have higher goals, but that's a, that's a big one. Being a mother who's committed to loving her children and to standing on higher ground than the environment surrounding them. Oh, it said be a mother, not being a mother. So let me start again. Be a mother who is committed to loving her children into standing on higher ground than the environment surrounding them. Mothers are endowed with a love that is unlike any other love on the face of the earth. A mother love. Last poem for those who are waiting for that. <laughs> a mother love. It's both strong and gentle, loud and quiet, unrelenting and yielding, protecting and releasing, demanding and unassuming. It's one thing in one moment and another in the next moment. It changes with the child's needs, but it's always there, unmoving founded on the rock of the mother-child bond. So we're, we came to the third point, out of the poem section. So a mother, the unshakable heart of a mother, the, the unshakable mother has the heart of God, they have a heart of courage, and unshakable mothers recognize their need for God. Psalm 61, two, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Again, a mother's heart can be shaken, but a woman who knows who her God is, is never shaken for long. She finds her support, her confidence, and her rock in Christ. Like the, like the old hymn, On Christ the solid rock I stand, 
all other ground is sinking sand. In 2 Kings 18, we find the story about King Hezekiah. He's being attacked by Assyria. And Hezekiah was a king that followed God. And in um, 2 Kings 18, verse 19 and 20, on what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have strategy and military strength, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? I just, I love that verse. You guys might have heard me mention it before. It's just, on what basis is your confidence? Who are you depending on? The message translation says, you're living in a world of make-believe, of pious fantasy. Do you think that mere words are a substitute for military strategy? And the living translation says, no one can save you from my power. You need more than mere promises of help. And I just love that word promises because an unshakable mother stands on the promises. Um, the Assyrians in this chapter, they, they proceed to verbally, in front of the whole nation, in their language, they proceeded to run Hezekiah down and tell the people what a failure he was. They told them how many mistakes Hezekiah had made. That he, they even said that Hezekiah made the boundaries too tight and that Hezekiah wasn't godly and didn't hear from God and that the Assyrians, they knew better and they, they're the ones that heard from God. Well, this is interesting. Hezekiah, he didn't stand there in great faith and, and confidence. After all of this was thrown at him, he ripped his clothes and he went into God's presence to hear from God and to be reminded of the promises again. Uh, King Hezekiah's name means the Lord strengthens. In all of our need and imperfection, God uses us. He strengthens us. We all want to do it right. We, we all want to do it perfectly. I, I'm a one on the Enneagram. I, I know about trying to do it perfect. Um, but we all want perfection. We want, we, want to do, we want to be the best mom, the best dad there is. But we have to look to God because he's the one that's perfect. We're human. And it's in his presence that we receive his strength. So in his presence is also known as the prayer closet or in worship. Um, we're human and flawed and shakable. So having a relationship with God gives us grace to allow the Holy Spirit to form these aspects of God in us. And, um, but then these aspects will still be applied through our humanness. And that's, that's why we need a relationship with God. He leads us. He stabilizes us. Um, the Gospel of John says it like this. In John 3, 30 and 31, it says, He must increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. I, I thought that just really helped me. Like, yeah, I am human I, but, and I need God because we all have wounds and we all have wounding. We've also wounded others. God meets these needs. He heals the father wound. He heals the mother wound. He fills, he fills and strengthens all the human attempts we make. So we're healed by God and through God. He takes our failures, he takes our shakiness, and he brings stability. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So in closing, I, just, I, rem I remembered a story today 
When I was about eight years old, eight or nine years old, my sister, who is a year older than me, so she is nine or ten, we, had, we took a canoe trip with my dad. And this was something we did often. We had a nice wide creek by our house, and we'd get in the canoe, and I guess give my mom a break maybe, and we'd go down the creek. And one day, there was a lot of flooding, and the creek was widened by double or triple its size. And it would just look so placid and spread out. And Dad thought it would be a nice, lazy canoe ride down, down the creek. So we're in the canoe, my dad, my sister, myself, and the dog. And we're going down. And as we're going down the creek, we started getting pulled into a current. So this side of the creek was this rapid current. And this side over here was just placid, calm water. Well, we got pulled faster and faster. And we couldn't fight it with the paddles. And it, then we hit a snag, and it pulled the canoe under. So the canoe, we lost the canoe. We lost the paddles. We lost everything. And the dog swam to shore, and the three of us grabbed a tree. And the tree was still in the middle of the rapid current. We all climbed the tree, and we're just trying to figure out what to do. So my dad figured if we climbed out on this limb and jumped, we would jump into the placid water. So my sister did it. She was fine. She swam to shore. I just couldn't do it. I was scared. I remember being scared, and I remember wanting to do it and wanting to prove I could do it, but I couldn't. So my dad put me piggyback on him and had me hold on real tight, and then he ran out the limb and jumped with me on his back and swam to shore. And just reflecting on that story, I thought about our Father God and how he was I wasn't alone in that boat. I wasn't alone in the turbulence. I wasn't alone when the snag caught the boat and what looked like a nice ride down the creek is fraught with dangers. And then even there was a tree there, but I was stuck in the tree, but I wasn't alone. And you know, at eight, eight or nine, my dad, he was looking back, he was probably scared to death, but I didn't know that. I thought, he was just the bravest, strongest daddy, and he took care of me and took me to the calm, placid water, and we got to shore and found our way home. And, you know, that's our Father God. He's with us. He's, he's, when, when everything gets shaky and not, the boat's not just shaking, it's gone. He's never leaving us alone. He says, this is when I carry you. This is when I take it from here. An unshakable heart is a heart that we give to God and God holds. He stabilizes it. He has steady hands. He knows our needs. He knows our imperfection, but he's there with us. And that's what makes an unshakable mother. Having God's heart in you, the courage of God, and knowing their need for God. So I, I just, as we wrap it up today, there's, there's some things that may have stirred in your heart that we want to pray about right now. How many of us today need courage? We need the steadying. We, and we need to remember that we have parts, parts of God's heart in us, that we're made from God's heart. Some of us need the courage to speak life to things that's died in our mother's heart. Some of us today need healing from our humanness. Maybe it's forgiving another human or forgiving ourselves. Um, some of you might be even be saying in your mind, wow, I wish I knew Christ when I was a mother, or I wish I had known Christ when I interacted with my mother. 
So we, we want to pray about that right now. And then I want to pray with you that some of us that need our hearts made alive and unshakable through the power of Jesus. Father, we just thank you today. Lord, we just lift our hearts up to you. Give us courage, God. God, just give each one of us a knowing that we're made from you in, in your image, that your heart is in us and we can come alive and walk unshakable in your courage. And when we shake, we can run to you and let you carry us, let you steady us. God, just give us forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of others. We love you, God, and we need you, God. Steady us in Jesus' name. And I just, if there's anyone today that needs to make a fresh start, that needs to allow God to begin forming aspects of himself in your heart, just text fresh start right now. Some, a prayer team member will follow up with you. They'll pray with you. If you want more prayer, even about some of the other things we've talked about, text prayer. Someone will follow up with you. If you want to make a fresh start right now, we're going to pray together. We, God wants to make your heart, again, he wants to make it alive and unshakable. And that's through the power of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, I come to you. Be my Father. Jesus, come in my heart and make it new. I want a fresh start. Please forgive my sins and let me walk fresh and steady in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Love you so much. Can't wait till we're together in person.